KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The U.S. recently announced a diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympic Games in Beijing, China. Some other countries have followed suit. So what does this all mean? Is it a big deal? We had a lot of questions. So to get some answers, we caught up with Dr. Mark Thomas. He is an assistant professor of political science at LaSalle University. So before we talk about countries not going to the Olympics... To kind of set the table, what is in it for countries to host in the first place? It is an incredible financial investment. Uh, I can't even get my head around the logistics that have to be involved. Uh, What's the cachet in this day and age for a a country, a city to host? Actually, there's actually a big economic benefit because the um, country actually gets to invest a good bit in. But it also gets a good tourist industry that comes into it. And then there's also this hope for future tourists to come in as well. The same reason any city like in America wants to sponsor the Super Bowl or have a World Series in their place. There's a big economic gain, at least in the short term. And then afterwards, um, there's that tourist gain. But the bigger issue is the political um, reason they do this. It really is to just to highlight the country and show the great cultural aspects of it. And then really to show the re-arrival to the international arena, that they are a major player on the international arena and that they're part of the world community. And in many ways, it's a, it's a good public relations ploy to um, show that they're part of the world community and highlight their country. I remember the example of South Korea in 88 when they went to go in. They actually cleaned up a lot of their streets, built new highways, then hid their kegogi restaurants because they found that Westerners might be turned off by kegogi. What is that? Uh, dog soup. Oh, well, that would explain it. Yeah. So, uh, diplomatic boycott with regards to the Olympics. The U.S. has announced one. We've had some other countries follow suit. What does a diplomatic boycott do and not do? Okay, diplomatic boycott. It means that no U.S. official, or for that matter. I think the other countries playing in are uh, Britain, Australia, Canada, and then Kosovo and Lithuania joined in, and then New Zealand kind of joined in. They're a special case. But bottom line, no official from the government can go to the games. Long and short, no no ambassadors, nobody can go. Impact-wise, on a spectrum of possible ways to say we don't like what's going on in China, We have at the one end what uh, President Obama did in Sochi, where he and his wife and uh, Vice President Biden at the time didn't show up to the games, but other diplomats could go if they wanted. In fact, Ambassador Mike McFaul did go. At the far end, the other end of the spectrum is like a total boycott where nobody gets to go, no athletes, nobody gets to go, um, which is something that everybody hopes to avoid. Yeah, and just to be clear, this diplomatic boycott and just so we're crystal clear, this has nothing to do with the athletes. There, at this point, there will still be U.S. athletes competing as usual in these Olympic Games in 2022. Absolutely, absolutely. And that that's probably the more important point that the athletes get to compete. In terms of messaging, though, it reflects the diplomatic boycott. Really reflects the state of relations between the U.S. and China. Is a strong message in some ways that. 
it's like subbing somebody for a party. You get invited to a party and you don't go. It kind of sends a message to the party giver. Um, how much it really matters, it's a message. And it's probably, it's appropriate given what the Biden administration wants to accomplish and the problems with human rights abuses up in um, Xinjiang with the Uyghurs and the problems with Hong Kong. And then the kind of the this dispute or the disappearance of Peng Shui, that tennis player. So there's a series of things going on here where the Biden administration probably feels they have to send some message uh, just to say that we're not in favor. And it's a bigger issue is we are, it's the state of U.S.-China relations. I would be more concerned about the possibility of what could have happened had they gone, because any diplomatic event, and this is, one of those events, it's like a UN gathering or a summit. It's an informal gathering. But as you know, sometimes you accomplish more over a, a glass of beer or a cup of coffee or on the golf course than you do during an official summit. This would have been one of those occasions where would for informal contacts and off the record conversations about how to improve relations. We can't get around the fact that we've got problems between um, the U.S. and China right now. So in that way, it has some detrimental impacts. Is there, you mentioned the idea of, or, you know, back in Sochi, the president, the first lady, the vice president go, but nobody else. Here we've got a full diplomatic boycott. Is there a step between diplomatic boycott and kind of the nuclear option of a full-scale boycott? Is there like another step something else the u.s could do to ratchet up pressure or to make a a statement short of pulling the athletes or are there only really so many cards to play in a situation like this i really think i on the spectrum is only really uh this card and the diplomatic the the full boycott or the diplomatic boycott and let me clarify what happened with obama and mrs obama and vice president biden was they didn't go other diplomats got to go. So, so they, it, that's the other end of the spectrum where people just don't show up. And that's, that's happened frequently more than the, the IOC would like it to occur, where world leaders just don't show up um, and don't make a formal protest. They just do an informal, hey, we're not there. And that's kind of where New Zealand's at right now. New Zealand has not officially joined the diplomatic boycott. What they have said is their their officials won't go because of COVID. And that's kind of the nuances of New Zealand-China relations. Um, New Zealand is heavily dependent on uh, free trade with China, um, probably more so than U.S., Canada, um, Australia. So New Zealand's walking a fine line. They're not going to send people. They're not going to send their diplomats, um, but they're not saying they're part of the diplomatic boycott. Are these unusual diplomatic boycotts like this? Have we seen a lot of them? I think we're all aware of the, you know, in 80, the U.S. had a full boycott uh, in Moscow. In 84, the Russians didn't come to to L.A. Uh, But these diplomatic boycotts, is this something we see on a relatively uh, consistent scale at Olympic Games? Not necessarily the u.s i just mean in general or is this really an outlier that to to have this this is probably a new one and i think that's really a product of all the 
problems that went in into the Olympics during the 70s and 80s. And you mentioned a few of the boycotts, but there's a 1976 boycott where African nations boycotted the Montreal Olympics because New Zealand had gone to South Africa, apartheid South Africa, um, with their rugby team. So the African nations boycotted that one. Um, and then we had the fiascos of the 80 Olympics where we didn't go to, to Moscow, which, by the way, that was very tragic for Moscow because I said the economic and things that come from it. The Soviets built huge hotel complexes for that, which went totally unused. Um, and I actually stayed in one of those hotels when I was in Moscow back in 86 and beautiful hotel by Soviet standards, but went unused. So when we get to 88, we have the 84 boycott by the Soviets of us, which remaining, the Romanians showed up for that. 88, there's potential for another boycott. Um, South Korea was going to uh, sponsor or host the Olympics. And the IOC got together and they drafted what we call the, Mexi the Mexico Declaration, which essentially tries to get around a lot of the problems which caused the boycotts, which is the host nation sending out the invitations for the game. So the goal was to get the East Bloc to go and get North Korea to go to the Seoul Olympics. Um, what they did is got all the national, I, I, national Olympic committees together. They all consented the declaration. It said the IOC would send out the invitations. As it turns out, North Korea still wouldn't go, um, nor did Cuba, because they wanted to share the Olympics. Now, flash forward to the more recent Seoul Olympics, where both North Korea and South Korea actually co-hosted, so to speak, um, the games. But the diplomatic ones are fairly new. And the Mexico Declaration was kind of, we need the athletes to go because realistically, the politicians are the sideshow. The athletes are in the spotlight. And everybody knows that that hurts. The lack of the athletes, it hurts the athletes. It hurts the IOC. So this is a way of everybody kind of playing the, the diplomatic boycott is a way to play the middle game, send a message without hurting the athletes. Is there a diplomatic tick for tack with the what we could see China do? Uh, I mean, I guess, would we be looking at future Olympic Games if they were to to retaliate? Or do you expect any type of China to do anything uh, in a different venue, but maybe of a similar nature? Well, there is a potential. I think we're looking at um, 2028 is going to be here in the U.S. That could be an issue. 2032 is going to be in Australia. That could be an issue. But probably the bigger issue is Salt Lake City is up to do the Winter Olympics in the coming years. And that could lead to China could block that in the IOC, prevent Salt Lake from getting the Winter Olympics in the coming years. So... Um, in terms of near-term impact on the athletes, you have to face, they'll have to face the fact that they're going to be under surveillance in China, not because of the boycott, but because of everybody under, in China is under surveillance electronically or physically at some point. The other way that there could be problems is if the athletes raise attention to themselves, and that's either through a, pro, a political protest on the stands or elsewhere 
saying something in the press. And I believe one of the ice skaters, Eric Baker, has said something um, in support of human rights in China, which could put him up on the Chinese radar. Also, for that matter, some authoritarian governments have been known to crack down on on people who have actually protested what's going on in democratic countries. The whole idea that somebody would stand up and say something and America would say something against the U.S. in China sounds like a good idea. Like, hey, China would think, wow, that's really cool. They're protesting horrible democracy in America. The twist to that is anybody who's willing to protest a government is a problem in an authoritarian state. So any type, the athletes could draw attention to themselves. That could make life worse for them. Probably more worrisome is what's going to happen to the media while they're there. Um, the, the free commentary will be restricted while they're over there. So there could be a backlash on the media while they're there as well. So there are some implications. But again, that has less to do with the diplomatic boycott and more uh, with the conduct of the athletes or the media while they're there. Will China take anything from this? I mean, I know the answer of this, but this will not lead to any sort of soul searching or second thought on any of these issues that you mentioned earlier that are kind of at the heart of this, right? No, not at all. Um, not at all. If a full boycott, a full athlete boycott, won't get the sewage out of Afghanistan, um, a diplomatic boycott is kind of the equivalent, like I said, of not going to your neighbor's um, party when he invites you over. So I, and let me go back to one point we talked about with the impact on the athletes. And this is in, not in China's defense, but I, we laid out early that every country when they host want to put on a good face. So they don't want to do anything against the athletes and give, give any negative publicity to the event. So they, it's in their best interest not to have to react but I think if provoked, they will react. So an athlete making an anti a, a pro human rights statement on the stand or or to the press could provoke a reaction, which they don't want to do. But they have to react. They can't not react. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. <laughs>